You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's Ryan again uh, with a new episode, and this one is unique because we're going to talk about something that I think people hear about all the time, but they don't really understand it. And I think when it comes to finances, people really don't understand their finances all that well and how to grow wealth and all the different avenues out there to uh, build your wealth. And hopefully as you get older, have a little bit of a nest egg for yourself. So my guest today is Casey Stubbs. He is the host of the How to Trade It podcast. And we talk about trading and, and all of that in that podcast. So Casey, thanks for being here. Talk to us. Uh, you've got quite a history. You're uh, you were in the army, and you have, I understand, nine kids. That's uh, that's a lot of work, I'd say, right? Uh, yeah, it certainly is. And you know, running my own business too. On top of that, so I definitely keep busy these days. Uh, I'll say. Um, so, talk to us about your history in the trading world. You come come from being in the army into this. How did that transition happen? Well, I actually started trading when I was in high school because I was um, kind of a computer nerd, and this was in the early 90s, and my dad was into stocks, and at that point in time, stock trading was just going online, and so my dad needed someone to teach him how to set up the computer how to use a computer. He couldn't even do anything on a computer back then, and so he had me teach him how to get everything working on the computer. And in the process, I learned about stocks. And so I was like, wow, this is really cool. So uh, that's how I got into uh, stocks at a pretty young age. Wow. Yeah. And at that time, I mean, I think it was new to everybody because, you know, the internet was just kind of being born at that point. So, so, so talk to us about, so you started to teach your dad how to use the computer and then you started to sort of self-educate yourself or how did that how did you how did you fall into learning more about stocks at such a young age? Well, I got really excited about the prospect of being able to make money. So I didn't really get excited about educating myself, but yeah. the idea of making money kind of was like, oh wow, this is cool. I can buy a stock and it can go up and I can make money and not do anything. Right. Like I had no idea as a kid, I had no idea that that was even possible. Right. Right. So a lot of people out there, I mean, I think when they, they hear the word stocks, it's kind of like a boring subject and they also don't know anything about it. And these days, there's so many avenues to, to you know, there's Acorns, there's Robinhood, there's all these different crypto.com, you know, um, talk about, I guess, someone who's a novice who doesn't know anything about it or really doesn't get it. Can you give us kind of the surface level overview of how to start maybe with nothing and, and how to start kind of building something? Yeah, uh, that's a great question because stocks, I think it's kind of exciting and interesting, but really what you need to think about is when you buy a share of a stock, you're really just buying ownership of a company. Right. And in the world, most of the wealthy people get their wealth from stocks. Some of them do real estate, but a good percentage of them are investing in stocks. Because right. they're business owners, even entrepreneurs, you know, you own a business, a stock owner, you own a business. So when you're buying a stock, you're really just buying a, a business. And I would say the number one thing is uh, 
you want to be consistent and do your research on the stocks that you're going to invest in. Right. Okay. And what would that sort of entail? Like as far as research, just looking at, you know, the, the history of the stock, you know, over the past six months, a year, or, or, you know, history on the business, would you say, what, what would that research entail? Well, Ryan, that is a great question. And yeah, you could do research on the company and figure out some things, look up there, how much money they're making and earnings and earnings growth is a big one. But one of the things that I like to look at uh, is opportunity for growth. Yeah. Because if we look at the history over the last hundred years or so, there are certain industries that have exploded right. um, and it's usually new tech. So if we think about like the early 1900s, we had the in in electricity was brand new, right? And so yeah. that was a whole new industry. Light, you know, light was brand new. We look at um, the automobile, right? Brand right. new. And then from there in the 50s, we had like fast food, you know, McDonald's created this brand new thing. They created a whole new industry, fast food. And so right. if you can get in on a new industry, that's a great way to break into something because, because it's just infantile. Yeah. And, and even more recent, we're talking internet, right? If you got right. in on internet stocks, it's you're getting in on the ground floor and there's a ton of room for growth. Right, right. I guess the, the question is, and the hardest thing is to see what is going to have that growth. Because I remember I was talking to a friend who was told years ago, you should look into this Bitcoin thing. It's it's really kind of coming up. Um, and that was when it was not as well known. He never did. But the person who told him about it, you know, did become wealthy from it. So, you know, that's the question is how do you find that that one stock that in the next, you know, year or two is going to just really going to take off. I mean, what do you, are there some trigger points you look for or something that you look for to see maybe that that potential is there? That's a really good question, Ryan. And yes, um, the, I have a specific thing that I, I look at uh, to find the, the best ones. And, and first of all, you're, you're not going to get it right every time yeah. uh, and you're going to make some mistakes, but one of the things that I like to look at is usually when a new industry happens, there's tons and tons of people that are jumping into this industry. Right. And uh, the, the, the reality is most of those people that jump in aren't going to make it. You know, yeah. most of the companies like look at if we if we look back for some of when I first started was in the 90s. They had this yeah. big thing called the dot com boom right. and all the Internet stocks were soaring. But at the end of the day, in 2000, there was a big collapse and only a handful of those companies survived. Right. And so if you would have got on the internet stocks, you would have uh, totally lost everything yeah. uh, except for a very few. And one of those was Amazon. Yeah. And so one of the things that I look at is based off of the what they call the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20 rule, yeah. which says that 20% of your output or wait, no, 80% of your output is going to come from 20% of your performers. So right. there's usually just a couple on the top that are going to outdo the rest. And so in that case, I try to find the industry and then I narrow it down and I say, what's the absolute best company in that industry? And I'm just going to invest in the best and forget about the rest. Right, right. No, that's a good, 
good point. I think a lot of people listening are going to want to know too, you know, how can I be an investor if I don't have a lot of money? I mean, you know, if you're starting out small, how do you, how do you approach that? If your budget's limited, but you do want to get into something, what do you suggest for that? Well, Ryan, you know, that was absolutely my case when I first got started and I had a pretty good opportunity, but I joined the army and, you know, that was in 1995 and, uh, that was a while ago, but, (laughs) but you know, guess how much money I made in 1995 joining the army. I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm going to throw out a number 30,000, 40,000 a year. Well, way, way, way less. Okay. (laughs) It was 800 bucks a month. Okay. Wow. 800 bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's not a lot of money, but, um, but I took money out of every single paycheck Mm -hmm. and I put it into the stock market. Okay. And I was in the army for four years and I got some bonuses too, because I did a couple deployments when you're in the army, sometimes you get, uh, a deployment and they'll, they might give you some bonuses. And so I had a, so it was maybe a little, sometimes it was a little more than 800. That was my base pay. Yeah. But in four years, when I left the army, I had $30,000 in the stock market. Wow. And that's uh, not bad. And that was back in 2000. So that money now would be worth like 60,000 because the money's worth way less nowadays. Right. Right. So I guess, I guess that the core of it, it's really that it's discipline, right? It's being able to say, if you don't make a lot of money, you know, people can, can have a small paycheck and they can blow it really fast or they can allocate it and, and have the discipline to put money away. Do you think that's one of the, the key elements of building that wealth? And, and I think it's your mindset on like, okay, what do you want in life? Right. And so a great example was that when when you're in the army, you're with a lot of young men and they're all just like me, same age, 18, 19 years old. And everyone else was living paycheck to paycheck. You know, yeah. they would go out and buy new TVs, new go out to eat every night, yeah. uh, <laughs> buy new wardrobes. And basically whenever they get that money, they'd spend it. And right. so people would sometimes, you know, they'd think I was the poor guy, right? Yeah. They'd like people would donate clothes to me and stuff. Cause I wasn't buying clothes. I'm like, well, I'm not broke. I'm just putting my money in the stock market. And they didn't right. really even understand that, but you know, <laughs> I just, it's what I wanted to do. Right. So I think that, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's funny that you say that. I mean, we, we hear a lot about people that um, they, they say online, you know, you can have money to buy, you know, your coffee every morning, your Starbucks, your this, your that. But then you'll complain when you when you need to pay a bill or go on vacation, you don't have the money, right? So like it comes down to really um, making the right decisions with your finances, no matter what you make, right? Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's really smart to have multiple streams of revenue. Uh, So if you're working a job, you could still do something on the side. You know, I started um, investing when I was young uh, in the army. Uh, But then when I got out of the army, I was working in construction, but I started a side job creating revenue on the side is was I was created a website Mm -hmm. and I started writing content about the the markets. I was writing about the markets. And the next thing I knew is people were visiting my website 
Yeah. And I was getting a second stream of revenue uh, from this website and that was giving me more money for trading. And so I was able to get the job going and have that revenue. And then eventually I was making enough for my website. I didn't even have to work a job anymore. Wow. Yeah. And that was what year was that like early 2000s sometime or? Uh, I actually started the website in 2008 because I was in construction and there was a pretty big economic crash at that time. Yeah. Uh, and there was just no work to be found. I got laid off and I applied for many different jobs, couldn't get a job anywhere. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, I'm just going to start this website and talk about trading and see what happens. Yeah, that's and at that time, I think there wasn't a lot of that out there. And plus trading has evolved too with all these new apps. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you about because there's all these different options out there for trading. I mean, you have your your bank and there's uh, Charles Schwab, there's Robinhood. So with all these different options out there, what do you? how do you advise people to start or what do you think they should really look at, focus on the most with all the different apps and things out there? Well, I think it's great to do something that's really super easy yeah. Uh, because, you know, some of those older type, like Schwab is really old. They've been around forever and th they're a great company, yeah. but Robinhood was kind of, um, I guess you would call a dis industry disruptor because mm -hmm. they didn't have any commissions. You know, all the other brokers back then, and that hasn't been that long ago, Robinhood's very new, but they were like the first broker that came out with no commissions. And that was a game changer. Yeah. So that's a big bonus because if you're going to buy, they used to be like you'd buy 100 shares and you'd have to pay commissions per 100 or something. But now Robinhood comes out, no commission. You can set up your account in like five minutes on the phone super easy. You right. don't pay any commissions. So it's not as robust and doesn't have as many tools, but it's a great way to get started. Yeah. Yeah. And also what about like, you know, have you, have you done anything with Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency? Have you dived into that at all? Or what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I absolutely, I'm a big fan of uh, Bitcoin. I think okay. it, it, when I was talking about new industries that were just getting started, um, I think crypto is one of those industries. I mean, yeah. it's crypto started in 2009, I think, was when Bitcoin officially launched. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's still pretty young. Yeah. And um, I just think it's really solid because it's a great way um, to do online transactions. And right. I think that there's a lot of potential in the future because uh, our currency the dollar, you know, if you remember early in the conversation, I said that the my thirty thousand back in two thousand was be worth sixty thousand now. Yeah, and that's because of inflation. Right, and inflation is caused because we're uh, the government prints more money, right? Because it's yeah. the law of supply and demand, and when you have more money, uh, everything becomes worth less, worthless. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, right. the the amazing thing about Bitcoin is that it's capped, right? Yeah, and right. that there's no um no printing of it. So there's only a certain number of Bitcoin. So that right there makes it limited. Another really thing that's interesting about Bitcoin that people don't think about is if you think about money, th something has to happen to change hands. Usually you have to work, right, to get money. You yeah. have to solve a problem, you have to do labor. Yep. Uh, and so there's there's something involved there. 
Um, and Bitcoin is actually the same way because in order to create Bitcoin, it doesn't just happen automatically. There's a limited number you can create, but a computer has to solve a complex algorithm. And so right. people have to spend a lot of money to, to create a Bitcoin. And so that right there, that act of creating the money adds value to it. So they, they buy an expensive computer. They, they build these massive warehouses to store it. They spend all of this electricity and internet bills to, to generate this Bitcoin. Right. And so it's almost like mining for gold. You know, when you look at gold, gold, you got to buy the land, you got to dig it. There's limited supply. Yep. You got to pay the laborers. You got to, you got to process it and create it and refine it. There's all this work involved and Bitcoin in the, in that regard is actually very similar to gold, which is one of the reasons why the value has gone up. It's limited and there's a lot of value and, and you compare that to the dollar, it's unlimited and there's no work. The government literally doesn't do anything to earn it. They just push a button. And I feel like money should have some kind of labor or value associated with it. There's also a limited number of Bitcoin. I mean, isn't there like 21, isn't it like 21 million or something? Um, there's a limited number of Bitcoin that are out there, right? That you can actually yeah. ha have. Right. Right. Um. So let's talk about, you know, your, your podcast um, and like if people go and check it out and where, where do they go and find your podcast and talk about, you know, what, what sort of things can they learn? I know you're talking to traders and people who are experts in the industry. Um, what, what can they learn from your podcast? Uh, there's my podcast is on my website, tradingstrategyguides.com. And uh, there's, I interview experts in trading people that have solved the problem of trading and how to enter the markets. And I talk to all kinds of different traders. I talk to, um, to stock traders, Bitcoin traders, currency yeah. traders, futures traders. There's just a lot of different markets. Um, people that do options. That's a whole another thing as well. So basically trading is another way to create a side revenue. Um, yeah. You can invest, hold long-term, or you can also trade like, regularly for us for a revenue source right 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 and no i i use crypto.com I've, I've started using it not too long ago it's been less than a year i've been using it for and i know there's also some options and i want to get your take on nfts which are well, a lot of people you know may not know non-fungible tokens right so um what is your take on nfts as far as you know are you involved in that or do you see some future in that? It seems like they're kind of a new thing still. Um, what's your thoughts on NFTs and investing in those and reselling those and buying those? Well, I'm I'm definitely not an expert in NFT, yeah. but I would say that uh, that I think there's a great future in it. The yeah. same reason that Bitcoin is is because an N NFT mm -hmm. is what it's limited. You yeah. buy one, you've got the only one. I was actually watching with my kids last night. Um, this this documentary by Jeff Goldblum, mm -hmm. and um, he was he was visiting this conference called SneakerCon, mm -hmm. and um, he was like blown away that they were selling a single pair of tennis shoes for thirty four thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> and when I watched the show, I was so interested in it that I went uh, I went online and I went to SneakerCon the the website. And I was, saw there was like a pair of shoes that even this year sold for like $200,000. And I was Holy like, are you kidding me? 
Yeah. And it's that same kind of concept. If you can find the right thing that is limited, that people are interested in, yep. it's going to work. I created my own NFT, which was a picture of me. Mm -hmm. It's probably worth zero. Uh -huh. <laughs> right now, at least. <laughs> yeah. But if you find something that is like, you know, something rare and popular, there's got to be a demand associated with it. Right. Right. But I think also, you know, I think companies may jump onto NFTs because I think I know we know in the sports world and celebrity world, celebrities are releasing NFTs like music editions, uh, sports card that are limited, like sports cards. Um, even like the first tweet was sold as an NFT. Do you think there's some future in it for marketing and, and companies? I think so. I think especially for brands, you know, and nowadays, um, nowadays social media is so big. You know, if you're, if you create a brand on social media, that's really valuable. Like that right. talk about a great way to make a side revenue, creating a brand on social media is so valuable. And if you get a following, you could definitely launch your own line of NFTs. Um, and you could even do special edition stuff and then, who knows what you could do, but yeah, I think that's a pretty big deal. And uh, there's a movie theater called AMC, pretty big movie theater chain. They've been doing limited edition uh, NFTs just for their shareholders. And so if you're a shareholder, they'll say, okay, we have a limited edition, yeah. only like 5,000 are available. Um, and so you get your number. And so that proves that you're one of the original NFT holders. Yeah. And you said you created your own NFT, and I'm super curious about that because a while back, a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, I'd like to to try to create my own just for branding or what have you. How did you go about that? What what did you use? Were you on like Adobe or how did you do that? Uh, well, there's a website called OpenSea.io, and it's yeah. super easy to do. You go to OpenSea.io and you log in, you create a login, and then you just follow the steps to create your own NFT, you got to create the artwork. So I just went in on, um, on Canva, Canva. Uh -huh. And I took a picture of myself and I put a subtitle Yeah, and, uh, and that was it. And then well, you have to mint it. So you have to use ETH to mint mm -hmm. it and yep. which, which basically writes it to the blockchain. Right. So it's a totally unique, it has its own block chain address it's just kind of like a bitcoin in itself you know bitcoin has its blo a block coin address right so my nft has a block coin address i minted it and it cost me you know it cost me like 20 bucks to mint it yeah right and you need a you need your own wallet for that too right you need to set up a a wallet for your for your crypto is that right yeah um i just used like the um the the coinbase wallet but you could use a you, they have these wallets now that crypto wallets that go right into your browser. It's just a, like a Chrome extension. They have one yeah. called MetaMask. MetaMask is probably the most popular. You can use MetaMask. You put some crypto in there and then that's where you store it. So the, the NFT is actually stored in my crypto wallet. I see. Now I have crypto.com and I think crypto.com, the app has its own wallet too, right? I don't think I've set it up yet, but but they do have that, right? Uh, Crypto.com does have a wallet. Yeah. So I, I believe you could use that to hold your NFT too. I have Crypto.com wallet, but I haven't used it very much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, this has been a good conversation, Casey. I think everyone's learned a lot. Um, if they have questions for you or they want to talk to you, um, other than listening to your podcast, where else can they go or how can they reach you to find out more about what you're doing? Well, my website is tradingstrategyguides.com. And I have a special page on that on there where I give away a free gift for uh, people that listen to the podcast. And it's just a report where I teach people um, the basics of trading, but it would be tradingstrategyguides.com forward slash podcast. And okay. if you're interested in trading, you can go there, get a free report. And it talks about the basics of trading and um, that my website also has a lot of free content on education about trading. And that's really, again, that's how I got started in the trading education business was I just started the website and people came and I was writing content, educating people. Do you do any like one-on-one -on -one consultations with people or do you charge for that? Or is that any, is that part of what you do at all or not? It is actually, I, what I do is I have a, an educational course where I teach uh, my, my trading system. And then I'm actually trading every day via like a Zoom room, uh, and I'm showing people what's happening in the markets on a daily basis. Oh, wow. Okay. What about YouTube or Twitch? Do you do anything on there? Do you have any videos out there? I, I sometimes would stream on YouTube, and I do some educational stuff on YouTube. And I've been thinking about launching out on YouTube more. Um, okay. And so I'm actually kind of debating about doing that right now. That sounds like a good avenue. So it might be something you want to consider for sure. Yeah. 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 If I could just figure out how to get that algorithm to work for me. Yeah. You, you got any tips on that? <laughs> <sighs> I wish I did. I'll keep, I'll keep doing some research, see what I can find. But um, this has been a good, uh, yeah, good conversation, Casey. And I'd like to talk to you more and keep in touch because I do some trading myself. I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, but, you know, I dabble here and there and I'm always trying to educate myself. So it'll be good to uh, remain connected and learn from each other. So yeah, you uh, you got any questions now? Like anything specific uh, trade wise? You know, I, I a lot of it is just one of the things that I face is just the amount of like if I look at Robinhood for example, there's so many industries and there's so many different options out there for stocks that my head spins thinking what. You know, there's the approach of going, well, I, I'm going to buy stocks that I, you know, in companies that I like, like maybe, you know, maybe it's uh, my favorite clothing uh, company or my favorite tech company or whatever. And people just go to that. And I always think to myself, like, I should have a strategy of thinking about what you said earlier, finding the companies that are going to grow. Right. So that's my challenge is knowing, like, how do I diversify things so that, you know, I'm picking the right, the right, uh, stock options that are going to have growth and that's what i struggle with because i'm it's like you're 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 in this ocean of options and there's so much out there trying to figure out what's best is the hardest part for me i would say yeah right and that's that's a big problem for a lot of people is really because there's so many different options to choose from so you kind of got to figure out a starting point and, yeah. and i like your idea about kind of going with what you know yeah um, you know i think that's a great a great way if it's a service that you like you know you do research on the company yeah. and go that route that's a great way to go or if there's a new tech that you're interested in yeah you know, new, you know anything new is, is exciting like i think a good field to look at now is the ev field uh, electric vehicle 
I think that's just starting. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, just keep your eyes and ears open to see what new stuff is coming out there. And the funny thing is, is, you know, these little things that people tell you, you might think is crazy. Like I'm sure when people first heard about Facebook, you should buy, you know, this Facebook stock. And I'm sure a lot of people were like, nah, I don't, you know, I don't think that's going to happen, whatever. And then it just blew up. Right. So, um, I think it's important. Wouldn't you agree to just keep your eyes and ears open and be open to what people might be telling you because you never know what you could stumble upon. Right. You you know, don't be like, um, always being negative. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like with cars, you know, people are like, Oh, no one's going to want a car. Like, yeah what are they going to do with that? There's no roads. Horses can go anywhere. You know, cars (laughs) will break down. Horses won't break. You know, I mean, people were always, they are always naysayers of the new tech. Always. Right. Right. There's old articles about how if you go research online, there's articles uh, where people were saying that the internet was never going to work and it was a bad idea. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) It's hilarious. If you think about it now, it's hilarious that people even thought that way. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Don't be afraid of the new tech and what's going to be coming because you never know what uh, gold mine you might find yourself in. So Casey, it's been good. Let's keep in touch. Um, you know, if I can ever help you uh, with anything, um, I'm happy to, but I appreciate being on the show. I'll get this over to you and you can share it with your audience. And if you're listening to Casey and me right now and you want to get involved in trading, go to his website, listen to his podcast, reach out to him and he can definitely help you out. So thanks. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan here. Look, sales can be difficult. Maybe you're up at night thinking how you're going to make that next sale. Maybe your sales team is struggling and you don't know what to do. Well, I've written a book called Customer Relationship Management Exposed. It's designed to help you figure out a process and system to be successful in sales and grow your business like you never have before. With Customer Relationship Management Exposed, you can make the right choices to find the right sales system to increase your sales exponentially. Pick it up on Amazon today.